Voice of St. Louis original podcast. Well, as the snow moves in, the news continues, and we've got it all covered for you in the St. Louis All Local from KMOX. Today is Tuesday, January 9th. I'm Michael Calhoun. Our top story this hour, we're tracking snow. Let's get the latest right now from KMOX meteorologist Dave Murray. Michael, our temperatures are going to be just cold enough to get a burst of snow across the St. Louis area. Everything kind of right on track. The snow coming to an end about 9 or 10 o'clock. But before it ends, we could see one, maybe two inches of snow. Also, look for strong, gusty winds. The winds will actually increase as we go through the overnight as temperatures drop to 25 degrees. Also, during the snow, the visibility will be kind of poor on the roadway. So a little extra care out there over the next couple of hours. Michael? Dave? Now, KMOX team coverage. St. Louis County road crews are on standby waiting for the snow to move in. Let's go live to the newsroom in KMOX's Maria Kina. Michael, David Rohn tells KMOX they made the decision to start pre-treating the arterial roads despite the rain. As to how they proceed, well, that depends on the storm. The plan right now uh, would be to hit the sub uh, the subdivisions first, residential streets first, so we could then focus on the, on the arterial roads. Now, that sometimes changes, you know, it does vary from storm to storm. Uh, but at this point, that, that would be our approach. Roan says St. Louis County is short 35 snowplow operators, but still has roughly 190 that are ready to be deployed when the storm hits. Michael? Maria, the public still has not seen the body camera footage from a bar owner being arrested after officers crashed into the establishment. St. Louis Police Chief Robert Tracy discussed the matter at a press conference celebrating his one year in St. Louis and the city seeing its crime rates fall. He says he can't release the footage yet in part because a criminal investigation is still ongoing. And it's not my job right now. After a warrant sworn out, a circuit, assistant circuit attorney has seen that and preferred warrants and charges on the actions of that individual. So it's already, in, it's already in the criminal justice system. Tracy adds that there is also an ongoing internal investigation that he does not want to compromise by releasing the footage. Tracy did make an exception to show part of the footage to certain alders and the LGBTQIA plus advisory board. Sean Malone, KMOX News. A longtime criminologist who helped us understand what's happening and why in our region has died. University of Missouri St. Louis professor Rick Rosenfeld died yesterday at the age of 75. He was an often cited expert on crime trends. From my point of view, they're baseless. Here he is on KMOX in 2013 explaining national crime rankings. Cities that are small parts of their metropolitan areas tend to rank artificially high because persons from outside the city who are in the city and may become crime victims aren't counted. Rosenfeld is survived by his wife, two married sons, and three grandchildren. St. Louis City officials want to ground a plan to send surveillance drones over some parts of South City before it even takes off. The Board of Public Services told the company SMS Novel to cease and desist with plans to fly drones over city streets, parks, and other right-of-way. The firm had planned to send drones up starting January 29th over the Gravoy Park neighborhood to track criminals. The CEO of the company tells the Post-Dispatch he'll fly anyway. Quote, we'll seek to practice our liberty to fly drones and take footage. That's our right. A bill allowing lawful gun owners to carry on public transit had its first hearing today in the Missouri House. St. Charles Republican State Rep Adam Schnelting tells 97.1. People don't feel safe. I mean, there's a, there's a crime problem. The problem is uh, oftentimes the, the reason why people don't want to allow CCW holders to carry aboard public transit is because they feel it'll make people unsafe. Well, the reality, <laughs> Mark, is people are already unsafe. Yeah. 
We need to correct that. The bill would also remove churches from being gun-free zones. The last three years, the same bill passed the state house but failed to get through the Senate. Developers set today as a deadline for the HUDS committee to pass a bill granting a tax abatement to renovate the hotel across from Enterprise Center. However, Alderman Rasheen Aldrich says there is still time and he'll bring up the bill next week after consulting with the developers Midas Hospitality. The hope is that we can get this ball rolling so that they can at least tell the investors either another extension um, or, you know, we don't need an extension. This bill will be able to get done. The bill is in jeopardy as some committee members indicated they could not support the bill if the developers and a specific hospitality union cannot come to an agreement. Alderman Aldrich says he supports unions but also wants to see this deal go through for the city and mostly the hotel's 70 condo owners. St. Louis County Executive Sam Page will give his State of the County address tomorrow morning at 10. The event is invitation only. The public can watch on Dr. Page's Facebook. The address is being held at the Two Hill Performing Arts Center at Umsel. Beleaguer Democrat Sarah Unsicker, whose own party voted to expel her from the Missouri House last month, has announced today that she is running for governor. The KMOX business desk, a locally based financial services giant, is moving back into a building it previously had vacated and said it wanted to lease out to other tenants. The Business Journal reports Edward Jones has reoccupied the building at 1245 J.J. Kelly Memorial Drive along I-270. The company says associates will use the office space. The city of De Pere will also use some space temporarily while City Hall and the police department are renovated. West County's office vacancy rate is slightly higher, according to the Business Journal, than the regional average. As the news continues on KMOX, we're keeping tabs on the proposed sale of the Calaris headquarters, the company formerly known as Brown Shoe, selling its office campus to the Clayton School District. This after multiple developers expressed interest. Now opposition to this deal is mounting. I talked with developer Michael Steinberg of the Steinberg Group. I have concerns as a Clayton resident, notwithstanding as a developer, uh, what the school uh, is going to use the property for. There really hasn't been any uh, uh, disclosure of that. As a resident, you know, this is a great prime site for redevelopment that will enhance the city of Clayton. It also is a sales tax issue and a property tax issue. And I've been negotiating with Colaris uh, to develop the site into a retail hub similar to what I did out in the district in Chesterfield, where I have some bars and restaurants, some offices, and not create a traffic situation for MoDOT because of the interchange of 170 and uh, this. And so I was trying to create something that would be beneficial, put some additional parking. And in fact, I had called the school district to see how we could share parking and develop the site. So what happened? Um, well, they said that they were working on something separate, and uh, I got a call from uh, Amy Rubin saying that they had entered into an agreement, and the mayor called, and, were dis- and she and I had been talking uh, for some time, not about the school district at all, but what, you know, what I wanted her to do, because she had re- approached me as a retail developer after <clears throat> several of the developers had uh, not been able to move forward, and I mentioned I'd had an idea of doing the district type of cub, which is an entertainment uh, stage and a gathering area for, for residents and other people to come to Clayton and enjoy Clayton and shop and do other things in Clayton. And she liked it. And I mentioned to her that I would need some public assistance and some help. And she said, uh, I told her I was meeting with Clarice. And as soon as I was done meeting with them and hopefully had a contract that we could uh, continue our conversation. 
How do you think it went this way as opposed to uh, a use that would, uh, you know, generate revenue and, and bring in new people to the city? Well, I don't know how it went this way. I wasn't even aware that the this, this school district was interested. And in fact, as soon as I heard that, I reached out to Amy Rubin, who I know, and I said, look, here's my plan. I'm not hiding my plan. I need four to five acres. How do we work together to create something that's good for the city? And she was uh, noncommittal, and rightfully so, because she, I, don't, I don't think they have their fully planned developed. And I said, look, I'm here to help. I'm a resident of Clayton. I've helped develop Gay Field. I help with ASDOC Field. I've done a lot of things for the city of Clayton. My kids went to school in Clayton, and I'm a big supporter of Clayton schools, but I'm also a big supporter of Clayton, the city. So I said, how do we work together? Tell me how we work together, and I'm here to, to listen. I've said that to everybody. I want a win-win situation for everybody involved. And what you talk about, um, you know, uh, basing off the, the district in Chesterfield, what we've seen there, you know, uh, one of the criticisms of the, the core of Clayton right now, the street grid area, is that, uh, you know, 9 to 5, it's lively, but after, uh, you know, business hours, uh, there are some restaurants and bars, but it's not like some of the other districts, you know, like we see in the city of St. Louis, where it's got more of the live and work and play dynamic. Uh, do you agree with that? And, and it seems like your project would uh, solve that. I, I, I do agree with that, and that's what I was trying to create, bringing a younger crowd in and bringing people that would come to Clayton, explore Clayton. Um, it was simple. It would not cause a traffic issue during the day. And it's, you know, weekends and it's at night. And uh, we've been very successful at the hub in the district. And it's been a great thing. And many, many people are enjoying it. And in the um, September month alone, we had over 100,000 visitors to the hub. So when it comes to this uh, the school district deal, do you think that there's anything... Um I just have to ask, you know, is there anything kind of untoward, do you think, about this? Or um, obviously the big concern, it seems like, among residents is the loss of uh, taxpayer revenue, tax, uh, tax revenue. That's, that's a big concern of mine, too. I mean, forget me as a developer, as I mentioned. I think it's important that the city thrive. And, you know, you need a strong city. You need a strong schools. People move there for both reasons. And, you know, uh, a lot of the uh, taxes that Clayton generates helps the school. So I'm not sure quite uh, why they want to do this. And I'm sure there's other ground. And I know they're talking to the city about trying to figure out what ground the city owns and that could be worked out. I just hope that there's a positive resolution that's a win-win for everybody. Was there anything playing into this, the fact that it's so close to the school, just the physical proximity to the school campus? I can't imagine it having anything to do with it. I mean, um, the, uh, you know, I, I, I'm you know I'm very sensitive that it's close to the school, but it's really, you know, it's a parking lot away, and a parking another parking lot would be built, and I'm not sure it would cause any problems. Uh, it's not, uh, you know, it's it's an entertainment district, and I think entertainment is good, and I think that's missing in the city of Clayton. That is developer Michael Steinberg of the Steinberg Group talking about the proposed sale of the Calaris headquarters campus to the Clayton School District. Thank you for joining us and stay safe in the winter weather. Download the Odyssey app for live KMOX.